Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. Uh, this is officially the 100th episode of Five Rounds. We didn't even realise that until we saw the post up on Visionaries Log Media. 100 episodes of just giving you week-to-week UFC content uh and this ain't the end of it. This is uh, just the beginning. We, we don't intend stopping and we, we're uh, just going to plough through 2021 20, and beyond. Uh, but obviously with me, as always, my son, Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Absolutely brilliant, especially with this being our 100th episode. We've been able to create so much content. Like you're saying, this is only the, the beginning of our long journey with my, with my little side of coming off of the, with the five rounds interviews that are dropping uh, in in January, it's just more content that we're going to be going to be creating, and then even better, I get to do it with my dad. So <laughs> it's simply just yeah, it's, brilliant. From what started as basically uh, a fun little side project, because we had the equipment to uh, record podcasts, has gone on to be the longest serving podcast that I've got on my on my resume, and also one of the the most fun because. Like Carl said, we get to spend time watching these uh, this these UFC events that we're both really massive fans of, and, and we get the opportunity to talk about it afterwards. It's, yeah, we just can't get any better. But there is no UFC event this week. Uh, we rounded off the 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 UFC calendar last week. Uh, normally we usually get like a, a an end of year event, but uh, UFC have given us so so much this year. They deserve a couple of weeks off at least. Uh, but that leaves us with a with a no event to talk about. So Carlos and I decided we'd uh, we'd give our year end awards the five, the official five rounds year end awards. So we've got a, a handful of awards here that we're we're gonna virtually give out and um, and just like talk about some of the, the highs and lows of, of UFC in uh, 2020 so I think we'll start with the law really the, the disappointment of the year award um, for me there was two big standouts in, in this uh, in this category uh, the first one being uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, and uh, Kamara Usman. Uh, the fact that everybody was calling out for in that welterweight division. Masvidal obviously coming in with so much hype after the, the brutal knockout of uh, of uh, Darren Till and then the the knockout of Ben Askren. He, he was like, it was everybody's favourite fight and Street Jesus was just the man. And then we had Kamara Usman, who's uh, the reigning defending welterweight champion, not really known for for having uh, kind of the the brutal knockout power, but were able to really dominate and smother his opponents, and and that's what we got. Uh, the disappointment is that we just didn't see that kind of dynamic attacking Masvidal that we saw in his previous fights, and we saw Kamara Usman really kind of suffocate uh, Masvidal to to a, a very uh, decisive victory, but ultimately very disappointing victory in terms of action. Um, 
But the one I'm actually going to go with is again in the welterweight division. Um, the comeback of former champion Tyron Woodley after uh, after kind of many, many, many kind of uh, pushes for him to want a title match back. He comes back against uh, Gilbert Burns and gets demolished and then comes back against uh, Colby Covington really kind of and Colby fair play to him we don't really like him on, on this show but fair play to me really tried to make this fight sound like a, a massive grudge match and when it come to the, the action in the octagon Tyron Woodley was just non-existent his comeback ended like a fart in church he was absolutely embarrassed uh, and just took an absolute paste in for five rounds until he finally uh got um, TKO'd by a fake rib injury and uh, it's very likely that we, we may not see Tyron Woodley again in the UFC and he, he just felt like he had no motivation to be in that fight and the fact that it was built up to be this big grudge match, that was a, a massive, massive disappointment for me. Two quality picks there, you've uh, obviously nailed on the ever ball for them, it was a very, let's say Masvidal and, and Usman fight did not live up to the heart that was surrounding it, then obviously Tyron Woodley was definitely not living up to the hype he was setting out for himself. But for my picks, uh, I had a couple for these, and the my second pick was Dominic Reyes, uh, just for mm-hmm. how much he was looking past uh, Jan, just because he were on good form against uh, Bones and basically declaring himself the champion and the uncrowned champ just because he he did well and he thought he won he thought he won the match. Whereas when he got for, um, faced off against Jan, he were already looking past him. He was, yeah. he was thinking to be said, I don't need to fight him. When I do fight, I'm going to beat him because I'm already the champion just because I, I, I did well. And he quickly realised, hang on a minute, Janet's like a, Janet's like a fucking truck here. <laughs> and he, he surely ate his own words. But my top pick of definitely 2020 has got to be Sugar Sean O'Malley. Just... Not just his fight with Vera, just the attitude he had, mm-hmm. he still has now. Particularly there, he's like, oh, I'm still 12 and all. It's like, no, you're not. You're still giving beef to Cody Garbrandt for the, who had the best knockout of that event. And then you you basically used a bullshit excuse for for something that was just so little. Like, he, was on, he was on a good good win streak. He was on three or four, uh, three or four win streak, weren't it? And then obviously yeah. lost to Vera. Now, he could have handled that a lot more because he just... Licked his wounds, took it on chin, said he were said Vera was a better fighter and and moved on. But he didn't. He's he's having this sort of bitchy persona about him, which to me he's not a fighter in a way. So he's definitely the disappointment of 2020. He's yeah. that award. He's he's got his name all over it. <laughs> That's a, an absolutely great pick, Carlos, uh, and it's one I really I, I should have considered to be fair because yeah, it was disappointing and and it it kind of. Uh, it speaks about how much UFC bull up these fighters to thinking like the the shit don't stink and that they're unbeatable. And then when they they face someone who who is better than them as a fighter or they have uh, mistakes, the the UFC drops them like hot shit and they move on to the next big thing. And it, it, I just hope that sh- uh, backstage Sean O'Malley is kind of learning from this uh, from that loss and and wanting to improve rather than thinking. Uh, that he's unbeatable because that, that fight clearly proved that he was. Um, so let's go into the next award. Um, I want to look at the breakout fighter of the year. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's debuted uh, in in 2020. It can be someone who's kind of just forced their way, their way into like the, uh, the, the public's perception because of great performances or just making making themselves stand out in some way for the UFC. Um, for me, this was a little bit more clear-cut. Um, I've gone with uh, Kamzat Chimiev from debuting in July when he beat uh, Dusko uh, Todorovic in the second. He then fought 10 days later, beating uh, Reese McKee in the first round uh, where he broke the record for the fastest ever uh, turnaround in modern UFC history. And then in September, just a, a few more weeks after that, he absolutely destroyed Gerald Mershaw in the, in the first round to win three straight fights. And if it wasn't for him and his opponent, Leon Edwards, contracting COVID at the same time, 
we would have potentially fought four, four times in this calendar year. Um, he's had such a buzz about him that uh, a lot of fighters are, are scared to take a fight against him. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've gone with uh, Kamzat uh, Chimia for my breakout of the year. Yeah, I really cannot argue against that. He was literally my breakout star uh, of the year. He, for what he's been able to do inside the octagon. And when we're talking about the UFC and really breaking out, not just as a fighter, but getting a lot of fans behind you and having the UFC willing to push you, he, it, that just goes to show how much of a star he potentially could be. If he keeps on, obviously, he's winning ways. And I think, uh, I don't think it's official yet, but him and Leon Edwards, is it official yet? It might, yeah, might. It's, uh, it's booked for the middle of January. So when that fight goes there, which, like you said, was supposed to be scheduled for this year, so he would have had four fights, and that's a, a, a lot more. But I, I, were gonna, I, I was a little bit looking at Kevin Hollins, but it's then, in a way, I was looking at like the actual breakout of like the public. That like, a lot more people are speaking about Chimia than they are Holland, which is unfortunate because both of them are really good fighters. But in this case, we can only speak about one person. The heart train is only big for for Chimia, and it's only getting bigger as we can see. So next, let's go and uh, go over some finishes. Um, uh, firstly, let's talk about uh, the submissions of the year. Uh, I've got uh, a few on my mind. I've got uh, Jimmy Flick, where on his debut he uh, jumped into a, a triangle, uh, dragged uh, uh, Cody Dirt and his opponent down to the ground, trapped his arm and got a first-round finish of a really kind of impressive uh, uh, way to, to end your debut fight. I've got the, the obvious one of uh, Habib, uh, smothering Justin Gaethje uh, with his takedown, uh, then switching uh, into an arm bar, then transitioning that into a triangle to to uh, put out the, the title contender and retain his uh, title. Uh, I've also got Mackenzie Dern uh, tricking Hannah Seifers into uh, leaving a leg in position so she could get an ankle pick uh, and a leg lock. Uh, in the in the first round in their their fight in May, but the one I'm actually going with is a uh, Ariana Lipsky. Uh, she pulled off uh, one of the most unique uh, finish uh, submission finishes to a, a fight I've seen in a long long time. When she had a a calf slice on uh, uh, Luana Carolina, and she was really kind of folding her up in into all kinds of positions, like a almost like a figure four in the WWE. And then she was able to transition that into a knee bar where she was pulling uh, Carolina's leg towards her own face, leaning back, and you could see the knee basically popping the, in the direction that a knee should never, ever pop. I mean, having issues with my knees because of a, of, um, a similar kind of incident, not in a fight, but where my knee went 90 degrees the wrong way, that, that made my nuts just seize up. Uh, yeah, it was a, a brutal, brutal uh, finish. So, yeah, I'm going with Ariana Lipsky's uh, knee bar. You know, it was it was weird that you were going to mention it. As I was like, doing my research for this, I weirdly in my head thought you were going to pick that, so I didn't pick that <laughs> one on purpose. But, but I did pick one that you, you mentioned for your second one. My sub of the year has got to be Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, it was glorious. It's definitely glorious, just because of the way she set it up. But not only that, the history she's made behind it, it was the first knee bar in women's uh, MMA, in a UFC bout in, in women's mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. So it was just obviously an, an iconic moment for not only her, but for the sport. She's pulled off a sub, the first one in, in women's UFC history. So it's for me, that, that sort of weighed out the the out, the outcome, of, obviously, of the award. Uh, and not only that, she's been on an absolute tear as well. Yeah. But the, that knee ball, but the way she was able to just set it up so smoothly, yeah. it was just incredible. It was it was a really really clever and, and just watch it back to to kind of like refresh my memory, uh, the way she kind of uh, goaded Seifers into leaving a leg there, then was able to ankle pick and then just work her way down the leg to to get the leg lock and really crank on it. Yeah, it was a it's a great pick and you could go, you couldn't go wrong with with either of those winning uh, sub of the year. Definitely. But then let's go to what. Most casual fighters want to see in the UFC knockouts, uh, and this year is definitely not disappointed in terms of knockouts. So for my shortlist, I've got Chaos Williams uh, and his uh, 
very very short range almost kind of like a, a Bruce Lee style one inch punch a lightning fast jab uh, that stiffened Abdul uh, Razak Al Hassan uh, and this is a guy who's got a solid chin we've seen him take shot after shot and Chaos Williams was able to just starch him to the point where his legs and his toes were already stiff before he'd even fallen to the ground then I've got um, Joaquin Buckler uh, where he threw a body kick to uh, in his opponent uh, Impa Casanaga uh, who caught the kick and uh, Joaquin Buckler was able to do a, a twisting spinning back kick that uh, landed clean on the chin of, uh, uh, of Impa and he went asleep uh, falling down like a tower of Jenga blocks it was just beautiful uh, then I've got Cody Garbrandt with his uh, buzzer beating uh, right hook that starched uh, Raphael Asuncao uh, just because of the, the way he was kind of being forced up against the cage and then just ducked down with all his power and just came out almost like a, a street fighter Hadouken and just absolutely just KO'd uh, Raphael Asuncao it's just a beautiful punch but I cannot not go with uh, a very very recent one Kevin Holland on the ground against elite level BJJ fighter Jacare Souza turtling up when Souza was uh, was really trying to dominate and get him uh, into uh, into a, a, a very dangerous position. He hits Souza with kind of like a, a backhand hammer hammer fist sl slash chop uh, to the temple that rocked Souza and then as uh, Kevin was able to uh, try and get to his feet. Before he was even on his actual, uh, the soles of his feet, he unleashed two devastating right hands that absolutely spun Sousa's jaw. That guy is just absolutely brutal. So yeah, my KO of the year is Kevin Holland just literally taking off the jaw of uh, Jacare Sousa. That's it, that's a brilliant pick. I was actually going to go with that one myself. When I was thinking about it, like you don't see that one every day you don't see someone just getting knocked out getting both of them trying to stand up at the same time and then Kevin Holland were able to just crack him perfectly and, and that were it that was just game over for him but when I was thinking about this uh, in Mera, going over like in Mera, what actually stands out most and what makes like what makes the air on, on the back of my neck stand up and the only one for me this year what's I've seen it on my that was just power and just scary and that's that awards for me has got to go to Jan Blakovic when he absolutely KO'd Corey Anderson with that perfect mm -hmm. overhand right kick. Corey Anderson just came in with a little leg kick and and Jan Blakovic was already you can already tell him when he was fainting and when Corey was trying to make him faint when he was going in and not throwing anything. You could tell that right hand were always getting ready to set up and just the perfect time when he were able to land it. It was. Just a straight over and right, and then that big amethyst just to follow it up, and then to sell your next fight with John Bones Jones straight after that, straight away. When you sell your fight with John Bones Jones straight after when you've just done an absolute brutal KO on Corey Anderson, especially at the elite level, because obviously there's been a lot of KOs this year, but <laughs> even though we're talking in the UFC, there's still, like Daniel Cormier says, there's, there's still levels to it. and when you're actually up there with Jan, who's now the champion, when he was fighting for that contender, that contender spot, it, it was just unexpected. You just wasn't. I wasn't expecting him to knock Corey Anderson out that quick and that easily. To be honest with you, so that it always just sticks in my mind. The perfect left, the, the perfect uh, overhand right, and then just the brutal amethyst straight afterwards, yeah. which was. Uh, which is super necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great knockout. And like I said, there's been so many good knockouts. I mean, so many good uh, fights and so many good events. So let's uh, let's talk about them for a, for a few minutes. Uh, let's go with event of the year. Um, I've got four um, all-numbered pay-per-views because uh, obviously that's what uh, the majority of, uh, of the fans uh, kind of get into. It's, it's, you don't often hear of many fans watching week-to-week -week like we do. Um, so first I'm going to go and mention UFC 250. Obviously a, 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 a mark-out number for, for the UFC, but we had uh, Alex Perez 
getting the, the KO against Formiga with the brutal calf kicks. We had that Sean O'Malley uh, one-punch knockout of Eddie Wineland, which kind of set him on that uh, heart train of his. We had uh, Aljamin Sterling uh, first-round uh, rear naked choke of Corey Sandhagen. That absolutely brutal uh, Cody Garbrandt uh, knockout of Aston Sal. And we had Amanda Nunes able to defend her featherweight title against Felicia Spencer. Then I want to look at USC 251, which was uh, a few weeks later. Uh, Yuri uh, Projakska uh, making a, a massive statement when he uh, slept uh, Vulcan Uzumia. Amanda Rebus getting the sub against uh, Paige Van Zandt. Another kind of really interesting sub where Amanda, uh, Paige tried to do a headstand to escape. The, the sub was unable to. And that, that was the fact that sent her out of the, the UFC. We uh, had Rose Namajunas uh, coming back to win the, the split decision against uh, Jessica Andrade uh, after a, a war between the two former champions. Then we had Petty Yan. Uh, picking up the, the vacant uh, banterweight title against Jose Aldo. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky retaining his featherweight title against uh, his former champion Max Holloway. And then obviously Kamara Usman dominating uh, Street Jesus Jorge Vazadal to retain his uh, welterweight title. Then I want to kind of give a bit of a shout out to uh, UFC 249 where we got uh, Calvin Qatar making a statement by knocking out Jeremy Stevens. And Garnu just saying he wants that title when he beat Rosenstreich in 20 seconds. Henry Cejudo beating uh, former champion Dominic Cruz uh, and then going out on top as a double UFC champion and, and uh, giving his uh, retirement speech as Triple C out. Then we've got uh, Justin Gaethje destroying the kind of aura of uh, El Kakua absolutely killing the boogeyman and leaving uh, Tony Ferguson a shell of the fighter that he once was. But I'm actually going to go with, and you can call it uh, recency bias, I suppose, but uh, I'm going to go with UFC 256. We had Chase Hooper with a, a heel hook against uh, Peter Barrett, Raphael Fiziev KOing Renato Moicano. Cub Swanson absolutely just smashing the laugh out of Daniel Pineda. Cyril Gagne and his controversial knockout of uh, Junior Dos Santos. Um, Kevin Holland and that brutal uh, murdering of uh, Jacare Souza. Uh, Mackenzie Dern finally understanding what a broken nose feels like when uh, she got the decision victory against uh, Werner Yanderoba. Um, the, the continued kind of downfall of Tony Ferguson but that kind of being matched with the, the rise of Charles Oliveira uh, in that, uh, that uh, loss to uh, De Bronx. And then arguably the greatest flyweight title match that we've ever, ever had uh, when Davidson Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno, after, just, after both fighting separate fights two weeks before and come and give us a, a draw uh, and just showing that these flyweights have power, have skill, uh, and luckily we will hopefully get to see that again in early uh, uh, 2021. So my pick is UFC 256. Not even kidding, your picks there are absolutely brilliant. Like the, the points you've just covered, like, UFC 256, like you're saying, might have been the recent one, so you might call it biased, but it's it, go and watch it again. Yeah. The, the finishes that were on that and the, the spectacular main event between uh, Figueredo and... Um, um, Brandon Moreno. Uh, Brandon Moreno. Don't know why I've literally forgot. I'm just getting too excited about that event. <laughs> it's still recent. Uh, for literally for how that fight went from when Figueroa kicked him in the balls and got a point took away mm-hmm. and then beat that fight ended up being a majority draw. It's definitely got to happen again, and I cannot wait for the second fight. And that was going to be my original pick because it, like I say, it just got me so excited. But I can't. I cannot overlook USC 249 just yeah. the, the the finishes on that card and then the, obviously the, the controversial way that, that Henry Cejudo's uh, retiring from the sport with with what I think is a, is, a, is a win people still think it's controversial but he won that fight against Dominic Cruz, mm-hmm. retired on top and then obviously going on to which no one thought that fight was going to go that way. Now let's let's put it in perspective. People knew that this was going to be an absolute war, but 
no one thought that that Justin Gaethje was going to be able to just beat up Tony Ferguson the way he did. Because mm-hmm. bar from that, that uppercut, what landed in the second or third round and what dropped Gaethje, other than that, it was just all Gaethje from start to finish. Yeah. And El Kikui just couldn't do nothing about it. He was getting hit that hard. His body was literally turning. And Gaethje was just basically pushing him. And when, even when he were pushing him, he was going bouncing off against the octagon. And you don't see anyone doing that to El Kikui. And no. To be honest with you, that's broke El Kikui. You're not gonna El Kikui's not gonna look the same again. Tony Ferguson is not gonna be that sort of fighter again and I with I can put my money on that probably with the way that um he got finished by Oliveira and the way he looked against Oliveira. You don't see someone yeah. doing that to him and the way you you Gage you were able to just absolutely destroy him. But not only that, he's his cornerman, Trevor Whitman. Like one of the best coaches out there, like the advice was telling him to just slow down. Like normal Gaethje's Gaethje does, he loves being in a war. And that's, you don't see no one wanting to go for a war with Tony Ferguson. And you don't see anyone's corner basically telling their fight to calm down against Tony Ferguson. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If you give Tony Ferguson the, the, the space and the pressure and the, the room to work, he's, he's, he's going to take it. And Gaethje were able to give him none of that and take it all for himself. And when Trevor Whitman told him to calm down, you, you're trying to kill him, just, <laughs> you, just basically beat him up. And listen to his, his, his corner right there, and then listen to his head coach. So not only were he in that, that pressure of the one of the biggest fights of the year, which could potentially still win the, the best fight of the year, and he were able to keep a composed attitude still able to listen to his corner and go out there and put on a spectacular show against El Kikui a show that people thought that this is going to be one of the toughest tests for Justin Gaethje and he absolutely steamrolled uh, Tony Ferguson and Tony Ferguson didn't have no answer he were able to do nothing about it and his soul left his body in that fight it's as simple as that and and it's still not back now because obviously uh, like we said Charles Oliveira destroyed him uh, very recently so that's it so definitely my 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 event for for 2020 is definitely going to be UFC 249 great pick um so now let's go on to um single fights uh for me there's a there's been quite a few I mean this this year we've UFC have provided us with so much content it, it was actually harder to pick out uh memorable fights because we've watched so many uh but the few that i've i've i've, pull, I've plucked out the bag are dan hooker versus dustin poirier at ufc vegas 4 and also dan hooker versus paul felder uh back in february of this year um hooker was able to beat felder uh but unfortunately lost to uh to dustin poirier but with both performances we we really got a feeling of the heart, the grit, the power, 
uh, and the technique that Dan Hooker really has got, and he kind of really made a name for himself the, uh, this year with two uh, performance of the Nats and and two potential fights of the year because yeah he, he's just proved himself to be uh, an elite level fighter. Uh, then I've got uh, Figueredo versus Moreno. Like I said, this is arguably the the best flyweight fight we've ever seen. Two guys just beating the living piss out of each other for five rounds, getting a draw, which means hopefully we'll get this run back. But what makes this more significant is the fact that these two guys had a fight uh, just two weeks before and um, and was able to still man up for this event uh, and bring us such an amazing fight. But the one I'm going to go with, uh, my winner, is from UFC 248. Uh, Weili Zhang defending her strawweight title against Joanna Jajacek. Uh Joanna uh, obviously was uh, one of the most dominant women fighters in the UFC. Uh, lost her title and kind of lost her way and ended up dropping quite a few fights and was was not the fighter that we all thought that she she was we thought that she'd kind of lost a bit of pace lost a bit of passion for fighting um, get, earned herself a, a tile shot against Zhang nobody giving her the slightest bit of of, uh, of a hope against uh, such a dominant fighter in Weili Zhang really kind of come out in the last couple of years and 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 just destroyed that strawweight division and we got probably the greatest strawweight um fight in in women's history maybe even the greatest women's fight in no matter the weight class because these two actually gave it their all left absolutely everything in the outcome went five rounds hell for leather both just taking shots after shots after shots and the visual of a of a Joanna Jajacek just looking like the elephant man with the amount of swelling and and just like contusions on her face but the that didn't speak the whole story the fact is she held her own against a very very dominant Weili Zhang and many people believe that she may have been robbed in that decision. Uh, I'm particularly not one of them. I think she she uh, really made a good performance of herself, but I still think that Zhang won the fight. Uh, but yeah, these two women just set the mark for for women's MMA in in the UFC in 2020. So for me, the winner of five year has to be uh, Weili Zhang versus Joanna Jujicic. Definitely, that was that was my, honestly my second pick. The, the fight between them two, not only did they set a record in their fight, you can't ask for a better better title belt than, than them two. It was, like you've already said, in my my opinion, it was it literally is the best women's belt in the UFC, what I've seen today, and it's going to take something a lot more to, to make that belt basically leave my mind. But the, the fight of the year, which just always makes, it just makes me stand up on edge and always just like... It just always gets me rattled up, and, and just it gets just super excited to be honest with you. And it's got to be Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker. Oh. Dan Hooker was an absolute animal in that fight. He's taking all the all the basic all the spirit and the pride from from city kickboxing, training with Israel Adesanya, and honestly believing he's, he's going to be world champion and. This was literally today when he fought Paul Felder, his biggest test, and we already know the Irish Dragon, we love him on the Five Rounds podcast, mm -hmm. he's an absolute animal, and if you're fighting him, you best be on your air game, because he'll make you pay for it, and did he make Dan Hooker pay for it in this fight? Yeah, Dan Hooker did go on to fight Dustin Poirier and, and lose, but in this fight in particular, it was just from start to finish, five round fight, just throwing leather to chin and that's all they were doing. They both came out looking like they've been in a car crash and it, you couldn't ask for more and I know a lot of people are, oh I like knockouts, I like finishes but in all serious sense when a fight goes five rounds, especially this sort of fight, it just makes you appreciate what mixed martial arts is that, that two people can actually physically fight for this long and this much and that much output for 25 minutes and you, you personally not being bored is just phenomenal. You couldn't ask for more. The just respect that went into that fight and the respect that both men basically gained coming out of that fight is just it's phenomenal. And one of them, it's, 
one of them should have gone down, one of them should have gone to sleep in, the, in one of them rounds, and it was just, none of them did. Like, Dan Hooker looked like he had an extra chin on his head, yeah. and Paul Felder was literally red in the face. He was just blood absolutely <laughs> everywhere, and there was there were no giving up in none of them. Even at the the the, the last the last buzzer at the end of the, the fifth round, they were both still... They were, yeah, they both still had a couple of rounds left in them. Yeah. Like that, that literally could have gone on until it was like sudden death. And to be honest with you, I reckon it would have been till like the referee got right used to. You need to calm down now. Right, stop. Well, it's just one of them fights that always gets me excited to watch. And especially Paul Felder and Dan Hooker has got to be the, the best fight for me of the, of the year. Yeah, it was an absolutely great fight. And, and like you said, these, these two just... They put on a, a performance and it was just absolutely brutal to watch. They just wanted to, to beat the laugh out of each other and, and they certainly certainly did that. And, uh, UFC Auckland had a hell of a, a main event there. So before we get into the, the two main awards of uh, female and male fight of the year, I just wanted to... Uh, to kind of throw a little bit of um, props towards uh, a section of UFC that sometimes doesn't get the the respect it's due. And I think with this year, uh, I, th- I think it's time to shine a little bit of light on it. I want to talk about commentary and commentators. So if uh, COVID and the kind of lack of fans that we've had in attendance has done one good thing, it's that we get these interactions between the fighters and the commentary uh, that we would not normally get because of the the, the cheering and, and and the screaming from the crowd, and it's brought some really funny and interesting moments. Uh, for example, we had Ricky Simone flexing his muscles because he heard <laughs> Daniel Cormier saying he looks swole. Um, We've had uh, Paul Felder jumping up out of his seat when he saw that uh, that uh, ninja kick KO from uh, flying backwards from Joaquin Buckley. It was amazing. We had Andre Arlovsky and John Anik waving at each other in the post-fight interviews. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we had a. Uh, uh, Dustin Poirier telling Dan Hooker he should listen to Bisping when uh, oh, Bisping uh, said nice. that he had uh, two quick cup shots and he said come on dude and then Michael replied with that's a smart guy people should live their last by that motto uh, we had Dan Harder mentioning Hannibal Lecter and Hannibal of Carthage being terrifying and DC going I have no idea who Hannibal of Carthage is <laughs> uh, but the way you say Carthage I absolutely love it and then uh, Dan Hardy saying it's the guy who took the elephants over over the Alps and uh, Daniel's going yeah I really should know who that dude is um, then we had DC doing impressions of uh, uh, Raphael Asunsau when he was KO'd by Cody Garbrandt uh, just to make Joe Rogan pop and then at that same event we had uh, DC uh, avoiding eye contact with Joe Rogan when uh, when he was talking about eye porks Oh, being an instant uh, point deduction uh, and uh, when Joe throws it over to DC he says oh you're, you're very quiet over there and DC's like yeah uh, I don't know if I agree with you because uh, I poked some dudes in the eye before and I really was like shit he's going to throw this over to me and I have no idea what I'm going to say um, so yeah we've uh, really had like a lot of fun with the with the crowd and uh, with the commentators and and especially here when we're watching the show because it's been multiple times when we've said something um, and then we've seen, heard the, the commentators do it. I'm sure they've got uh, the Kirby House all bugged uh, for, for information. But I wanted to kind of just uh, give an award for who I think is, uh, has been the, the commentator of the year. Um, especially with having so many events over, the, over this uh, kind of COVID era. I mean, we give UFC a lot of shit for, for keeping on the events. Uh, but to be f- absolutely fair, they have knocked out the park, giving us week after week content, giving us uh, the, the, most, uh, the, the most clear and uh, trustworthy testing, uh, the most open kind of... Uh, um, uh, reports about fighters getting uh, getting um, infected and, and, and coming off the fast and really kind of keeping uh, COVID out at, at bay whilst putting on show after show after show. So props to UFC for, for doing that. Um, then we, when we get to the commentary, we've had guys like Paul Felder, Dan Harder, 
Dominic Cruz and Michael Bisping really kind of holding the fort down for these week-on-week-on-week shows at Vegas and Far Island. Then we've had DC and Joe Rogan coming in for the massive uh, events uh, with John Anik. Uh, but for me, my winner has got to be Michael Bisping. Uh, he's brought knowledge, charisma, uh, he brings humility as well. Uh, he's always kind of still willing to learn but he's brought comedy to the booth. He's made he's made he's made UFC commentary fun for me this year, uh, and he's really done well to make that transition from former fighter, former UFC champion, to being uh, one of the the best analysts for fighting that UFC's got. So my commentator of the year is going to be the Count Michael Bisping. Absolutely, you can't argue with that. From a a, a commentator's uh, point of view, he's absolutely knocked it out of the park. From Someone who started doing it and people were sort of giving him shit so he basically didn't know what he was doing to turning out to being, for me, one of the best commentary personnel on that team. And mm-hmm. Especially when they're broadcasting and when he's on there with the likes of Paul Felder or, or Dominic Cruz, the, the sort of, like you say, the sort of knowledge you, you get out of them is brilliant because not only are they, are they competent and are they good at it, they've been in there, they know what they're talking about and they they can bring points across that you maybe aren't seeing on the screen, whereas if a fighter's just done something or is about to do something, because of their own knowledge, they'll broadcast it to you and you'll be able to like, oh yeah, he did do that. So they help you a a hell of a lot to follow it. And in Michael's case, he's done that near enough throughout most of his uh, events that he's been able to uh, commentate. He's tried his best throughout, not only to be professional and giving us knowledge, but keeping it real as well in a way being being humble and showing that yeah you might be on UFC but we're still we're still humans at the end of the day mm-hmm. if something's funny he's one of them guys he's, he's, he's somewhat in a way going to make fun of it and that that the clip of that just sticks in my head of when <laughs> Dustin Poirier just like listen to this thing <laughs> and this like, that's a smart man right there people should live by that motto and he's he just sticks in my head just just perfectly because I can just imagine him saying it he's just <laughs> just imagine him just there just saying that to himself just looking at Murrah it's like you're a smart guy yeah I think, uh, I think that's a lot of it as well is it's the typical kind of northern English uh, sense of humour we we if there's one thing we're known for it's, it's being quick witted and like being able to have a fly uh, funny jab uh, just roll off the top of the, the tongue and he's really brought that I think with UFC yeah definitely that's what it got me obviously he's just the humour the case that he, he brings and his ability to not only just give us the knowledge and enjoy what he's doing the fact is that he could have easily retired and basically moved on to somewhere else but yet he he, he stuck around, he, he's given us plenty of years of shit talking, now hopefully he gives us plenty of years of, of commentary moments as well. Yeah. So he's definitely the, the the commentary personnel of the year for, for the Five Rounds podcast. Absolutely. Um, now let's get into the, the two big awards, the, uh, the, the female and the male fighter of the year. Let's go with uh, the female award first, and, and for me this... Uh, was fairly clean cut. Uh, there was pretty much only two people who really stood out uh, for uh, the female fighter of the year. First one is Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, she's absolutely continued that dominance in the flyweight division. Totally destroyed our number one contender, Kathleen Chukagian, in, in February. And then got a dominating uh, decision win over Jennifer Meyer. Uh, where she actually beat Maya at her own game uh, on the ground, really dominating uh, Maya um, and de- defending that title twice. But for me, there's there's one standout uh, woman who's been head and shoulders over everybody else this year, and that's Mackenzie Dern. She ended uh, 2019 with a loss to Amanda Rebass. Uh, then in uh, in May of 2020, she subbed uh, Hannah Cyphers in, in the, the submission that we spoke about earlier with the amazing kind of ankle pick knee bar. And then she followed it up with a, an, an arm bar against Randa Marcos in September and then rounded off the year with a, 
with uh, the decision win against a very vicious uh, Verna Jandaroba, uh, where she uh, was happy that she got her first ever broken nose. So, yeah, my female fighter of the year has to be uh, Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you looking at my list? <laughs> I've got Mackenzie Dern as well. She's obviously been the breakouts, uh, the, the female fighter of the year. For me, just off the sure willingness to keep going in there, keep competing, winning back-to-back. She's on a submission tear, then obviously a, a decision win where she can show that she's not only a submission machine, she can take you to the decisions mm-hmm. if you basically allow her to. And take a punch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, she's, got a, she's, she's got a chin on her. Uh, but the reason she's the fighter of the year, for, uh, female fighter of the year, is going back to the basically the knee ball finish mm-hmm. just making history in the female uh, women's MMA with going with the first uh, first ever knee ball that that puts her stands her out in 2020 above everybody else now obviously there's been a lot of different fighters that I could have nominated but just in this case well in that case alone she's the the, the female fighter of the year making history and just having the willingness to cut to Keep it consistent, keep going forward, take the losses on the chin, keep moving forward and not giving up. Mm-hmm. Definitely the female fighter of the year. Yep, uh, now let's go into the male award. Uh, for me, again, there was two massive standouts in, in this award. The first one we mentioned earlier, he, he won my breakout of the year award, uh, Chimiev, uh, with his... Uh, Three fight win streak, only debuting uh, in the in the late the second half of the year in July, and able to pick off three very quick wins, uh, and would have potentially had fourth one if it wasn't for COVID. Uh, but my actual winner is someone who Carlos uh, mentioned earlier on. Uh, he's already won an award from me with the with the knockout of the year. And it's Kevin Holland. Again, kind of like Mackenzie Dern, he, he ended 2019 with a loss. Lost to Brendan Allen. Uh, then he first fought in 2020 in May when he KO'd uh, Anthony Hernandez, who was who was then looking uh, at potentially uh, being a big name in the UFC. Then he, uh, he beat Joaquin Buckley in August. He beat Darren Stewart by uh, decision in September. Uh, he beat Charles Antiviros in October via a beautiful slam submission. And then he had that star-making KO of uh, Jack Ray Souza uh, on December the 12th this year. The only fighter to end the year with five wins out of five, forcing himself into into the, the title picture. Uh, I can't put anybody above Kevin Holland this year. That's it. It's, hard. it's literally hard to argue with that. With his spectacular run and, like I said was before when when I mentioned him, he's been an absolute breakout star as long with Jimmy Evan. I don't think he's got that much attention and he's due it to be honest with you. He definitely is due it. He's he's definitely a a a fighter to be watching. He's he's always exciting, he's always fun to watch. But for me, the for male fighter of the year award has gotta to go to a guy who a lot of people thought when he came into the organisation a lot of people thought, oh, here we go again. This is just another heavy hitter who's going to get knocked out. And yeah, to some extent, people were right. He did take a couple of losses, but he came back from that with the work of his team, with a, with his own work ethic and with his own willingness to continue. He was able to end up fighting for the title. And the fighter is just engaged. He's not only just been able to to be that star that he's been so respectful because he's one of them fighters you think he's like that what's he like outside of the octagon and to my knowledge and as far as a lot of people say he's one of the 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 one of the kindest guys you'd be able to meet he wanted to help kids if he didn't want to be a fighter you can't get kinder than that it's a great pick Justin Gaethje has been an absolutely outstanding fighter and like I said he coming to the UFC with a, a massive heart train, unbeaten in his in his uh, professional career. Uh, took a loss, and but learned from it, and was able to change his kind of uh, one direction go attitude to um, to really add levels to his game. And and you mentioned it uh, earlier when you were talking about his his uh, his his fight with uh, uh, was it Hooker? No, one Hooker. 
uh, Ferguson. Ferguson, that's it, sorry, apologies. Uh, where he, he took the advice from his coach to, to tone it down a little bit and, and not have to go, 100% go. Uh, it's just, I've never seen a fighter develop the way that Justin Gates has developed uh, in such a short space of time and really went from being... Uh, like I said, oh here we go, big fighter coming in, uh, big fighter in a small pond coming into the UFC. They're going to get starched, kind of like the uh, Eddie Alvarez or the Ill Will Brooks, where they met a big name, and then when they come to the big show, they they just can't, they just can't, can't quite cut it. Justin Gaethje has, has has shown he can cut it, and he's one of the very elite fighters, um, and potentially he's he's going to be. Uh, not just an interim champion, uh, but a full-fledged uh, UFC champion uh, in the very, very near future. Well, that's obviously why I, I, I had to pick him. He's the work he's been able to do over the past year is win after win after win, and then obviously his upset loss against um, against Khabib, which to be honest was not not surprising. Khabib's an absolute beast, but in in my sense, if Khabib doesn't come back, uh, Justin Gaethje will be the champion. It's He's, he's going to be the hardest fight for any fighter in that top five. And if you want to be a champion at the division, odds are you're probably going to have to get through him. And I don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's the end of uh, of the five rounds uh, year-end awards. Uh, lots and lots to, to pick at there. And, and it's been an absolutely outstanding year for the UFC uh, in terms of content. Um, but definitely check in on us. Uh, in the new year, we've uh, got many things in the pipeline, as Carl's mentioned uh, at the beginning. Uh, Carlos is bringing a, a very uh, cool little interesting project to Five Rounds with his, uh, with his Five Rounds interviews, where he's going to be talking to up-and-coming and, and uh, big-name fighters and, and uh, finding out why they love uh, MMA the way that, that, that we do. Uh, so, yeah, they'll be dropping... Uh, early January so yeah definitely uh, check them out uh, but follow on Twitter at DJ Kirby follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos and if you're a if you're a, a burgeoning UFC fighter definitely go and give him a drop him a DM he'd, uh, he'd love to speak to you uh, follow the show at 5 rounds pod um, follow the networks at shooting the sports ish at chair shop media group and at visionaries global media thank you for all your support throughout 2020 and throughout the 100 episodes that we put out uh, this show wouldn't be anything without uh, you guys and gals listening along and, and giving us feedback and and really enjoying mma the way that we enjoy mma um thank you all for listening have a happy happy new year and that is the end adios amigos TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.